You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show. And now, here's Drew and his trusty sidekick, Pierre, because my bladder's empty. Here's the thing, folks. I had a discussion with a friend of mine from the United States of America the other day. They were from Nashville, and we were talking about music. We were talking about Canadian music. And the interesting thing is that Americans who are into music really appreciate Canadian music, but Canadians don't appreciate a Canadian... Sorry, let me say it again. Canadians don't appreciate Canadian music. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Totally. So, but even just to call it Canadian music is a misnomer. I, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think we should be describing what do you it. Mean? Well, because it's not Canadian music. You don't say, "Well, that's American music." Well, it's the American Johnny music Cash sing- words. Uh, yeah. so it's just music. Yeah, I guess we're referring to the industry rather I think, than. No, I think Canadians are still so uh, insecure when it comes to our identity that we have to attach things like Canadian in front of our music. That's all okay. I think. All right. Anyway, it was a big, long discussion, and uh, it got me frustrated, and I thought, you know what? I, I want to have – and I just want to have these guys all on the show at the same time because I consider all of them um, acquaintances. I was going to say friends, but then I thought, uh, they may not want to call me a friend. <laughs> so uh, let's see if we can make this work. We've got three of them on the phone at this particular point in time, and let's see what these phones sound like. Is Mr. Skip Prokop there? Yeah, hi, Drew. What's going on, man? Uh, and on what level? On, on See, that's a skip answer right there, what? dude. That was so great. On what level? Well, first thing I want to know is, are you healthy? Are you okay? Because I heard about, uh, you know, the heart giving you trouble a little while ago, and I was scared again, man. Well, I was dead twice within uh, half an hour on April 13th, 2013. Wow. It took him seven and a half hours to get me stabilized, so... Um, and I went on and played all that season, and, uh, you know, I thought everything was great, and then I uh, uh, blew out a valve in my heart and uh, wound up being diagnosed with diabetes, too. And so that ended my uh, concert days on the spot. Wow. Doctor said, that's it, no more playing. In 1969, Skip founded, uh, co-founded, and founded... Uh, do you want to say co-founded or founded? How do we feel about that, Skip? Oh, yeah, I mean, I co-founded it with Paul, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Paul Hofford, of course, uh, longtime friend. Uh, they brought us the songs "Sunny Days," "One Fine Morning," etc., 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 etc. That's a great tune. I love that yeah, one. It just keeps yeah. going on and on. I don't get paid for that one. No, no one does. <laughs> and also on the phone with us is a gentleman named Bernie Finkelstein, a Canadian recording industry legend. Bernie, do you do you know that you're a legend? 
Uh, no, I don't know that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. The last time I had Bernie Finkelstein and Skip together on a show at the same time, I was doing a little television show, and we had Bernie on by Skype. It looked like you were in the space shuttle or out in yeah. out in in orbit somewhere, and we had Skip in studio. You guys want to say hello to each other? That's probably the last time you two talked. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Skip. How are you, Skip? Doing? How's your book? How's your uh, book? That's exactly. I was going to call you this week because. Uh, we want you to do uh, one of the forwards. We're going to have two people do uh, the forward to the book. We got it about 95% done right now. So I'm going to well, get a hold of you this call week. Me. Yeah, for sure. I'd be very honored to do that. Excuse, excuse, me. excuse me. Do you guys mind? This is the Drew Marshall Show. Do you mind if I say something here? No, Don't interrupt us, Drew. We're, we're talking. <laughs> of course, Bernie is Mr. True North Records. Bernie is Mr. Bruce Coburn. That sounded weird. Um, also on the phone with us is a young guy in all of this, because we can't have the two old dudes just talking away here. We've got a uh, gentleman named Tal Backman, recording artist extraordinaire, and, of course, a member of the Backman family legacy. Mr. Tal Backman, back on the Drew Marshall Show. Bo- buddy, it's been a year. Can you believe that? Um, yeah, sort of. <laughs> 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 I, I can believe that. Life, okay. is, life is slipping through our fingers, Drew. Oh, I see. That's what you mean. You yeah, were getting all esoteric on, on me. It keeps on slipping into the future. But I, just one quick question. Is this still a religious show? <laughs> no, not right now. It's not. Right no, well, now. Because when, when I came on, it was like Rush blasting on my phone. It was Tom Sawyer. It was like, you know, the Drew Marshall rock and roll. Rock and roll Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Um, oh, so I, I don't understand. I, I don't want to hijack it. I, but really quickly, just one, one thing in the background here. Like, how, how? I mean, you're playing rock music. Yes. You're no longer a religious believer. But, but you yeah. have me and these other two mu- classic, legendary music guys on the show. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, it is? What, I just, what? for once in my life, Tal, I've just wanted to do a real radio show. Just a real one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Tal, have you ever spoken with Bernie Finkelstein? Have you guys ever run into each other? I don't think we've ever actually met. I mean, I had the opportunity to work with uh, Tal's dad for a short while when I was still owning True North. I don't know who that is. Uh, Randy, of course. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, put out a couple of Randy's records and his Lenny Bro reissues. But I don't think I met Tal during that period. Um did I, Tom? I don't, I don't think I, I did. I, I, no, I, I don't. I don't think we've ever met. But I, I just do want to put out there, Bernie, is is I I've. It's rare to find this, but I I have only ever heard great things about you. Oh, Everybody, you are just sucking time, up. No, That's I, I, horrible. I, no, I want to say this. No, I'm not not sucking up or anything because this is a, a rare thing, and I I just want to acknowledge this, but because this could not even be said of me even though I always try to do the right thing. There's people that, like, you know, hate me or whatever. But everybody, every time Bernie Finkelstein comes up in conversation, there's nothing but respect and admiration for the man. And that, uh, You've never talked to me thing. about Bernie. I guess I guess that's I guess I must have done something really wrong, yeah. Yeah. you know, to be in the music business like that. No, I I appreciate that, Paul. Uh, what, Tal, what did you hear about when you t- when you bring up Skip Prokop's name? What kind of what kind of stuff did you hear? Nothing but positive about Skip Prokop. <laughs> I you know uh, you know to be honest, I I haven't I haven't been in situations where Skips come up that often. Oh, it's, it's mostly been Bernie because my dad's known Bernie for right. forever. And yeah, kind of yeah, I, I, yeah I just want to finish. Randy's back with the. Uh, True North group, which is really great. Um, oh. right, but, he's just uh, we raving. haven't heard from you for a while, though. 
uh, tall. I don't think you've had a record for a while, right? Oh, there's the dig right there. Skip, if someone said that to you, man, you would just... No, that's not a dig. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually giving them an opportunity <laughs> to tell us... Uh, is that correct, though? Uh, I, I, if it's not correct, I guess maybe it is. It's not intended to be a dig, of course. Um, well, that's that's correct. That I'm 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 working on a big plan right now, which you know might might potentially involve the True North folks. Which, by the way, who, by the way, my dad just raves about. Good. I'm really glad to hear that. Okay. Should I just take over this? I was going to say, is this still like a this is a Bernie Finkelstein love fest? Right. Skip. True is not so bad. Bernie's really worth that. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on a second, everyone. I, this is what's going on here on the Drew Marshall Show. We've got Tal and uh, Tal Backman and Bernie Finkelstein making kissing noises, and then we've got my friend Skip Prokop, who is one of the realest cats uh, that I've ever. He and I have had some of the most in-depth conversations. And I, I got to tell everyone this story again, Skip. When I was a kid, a uh, teenager, 14, 15, whatever, you know, Lighthouse, all of a sudden I found out about you guys. You guys were huge, you know, my sister's age group in the 60s and the whole thing. But all of a sudden I hooked in, saw you down at the forum and just, you know, blew my mind away. And I heard that you had a heart attack. You were doing that uh, that Christian show on CFNY, you know, between a rock and a hard yeah, place. Yeah, I heard yeah. you had a heart attack. I got on the go bus, went to the subway, took another subway, took a streetcar, took a bus and went to the hospital where you were at just to visit you which is so creepy now that i think back on this kind of stalkerish in some kind of ways and uh and it worked out well it was it was kind of a, a neat visit you know yeah so, anyway i'm glad i'm glad you're in my life man because you know when i think about the days back in yorkville uh with your band and you know who else we should have had in this except we didn't have another phone line is um uh george oliver from the mandela right i mean bernie those were the days man well, you know, I, I owe Skip everything, really. I mean, I, I was working at a coffee shop called the El Patio. It was a club, really. But, uh, and uh, long story short, Skip asked me to manage his band, the Poppers, and that was the first real break I, well, the first thing I really ever did. I'd had a little experience before that, but it was all high school kind of things, and uh and, uh, you know, so I, I always skip everything, and the other members of the Poppers. And that was Skip's band before Lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Poppers were a great, great band, and although they didn't quite, you know, go to number one on the charts, they actually opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. And, you know, obviously Skip then went on with Lighthouse and became, uh, you know, had the international success. Yeah. Uh, Skip, I've asked hey, you this hey. before on air. Do you think that if you guys were American, if Lighthouse was American, you would be uh, like a Chicago as opposed to the fact that you were Canadian and then you didn't, you know? I, I don't know. What do you feel about that? Um, I, you know, I always get kind of a little uh, offside about that yeah. question because, number one, Lighthouse was before Chicago. Uh, number two, Lighthouse in its original form, which people had never seen ever in history, was a 13-piece rock band with like a full-blown solid-body string quartet. No one on the planet was out there doing anything like that. Hmm. And I mean, that's backed up by Miles Davis' comment on Lighthouse. Uh, several other like really, really big, big, uh, what you could call, uh, maybe, maybe called more um, serious music, if you will, whatever that's supposed to mean. But... Uh, you know, so I, I never worry about it. I mean, I personally, I, I love Chicago. I loved a lot of their material. Um, 
you know, so I, it it isn't, you know, uh, the fact that you know people call us uh, call us. Oh, that's the Canadian version of Chicago. You know, I just look at it. You know, it just it it's the way people are today. Yeah. They got to categorize something to something, or they walk around with their finger up their ass, thinking that uh, you know they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So, how do you really feel, Skip? That's how I feel, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> and I, while I'm while I'm telling you, I feel I do would like to thank Bernie. Bernie, thank you so much, man, uh, for that comment. I will tell you, Drew. There's a great story about why we picked Bernie, and uh, as a manager. Is because there's this guy like me, you know, working the coffee machines at the El Patio, and um, you know, we the the poppers would go in there and rehearse after we performed, and the audiences go home. We'd rehearse, and you know, every once in a while, Bernie would go, "Hey, you know that that thing you just uh, did in that new song? You should repeat that maybe a couple of times." It's like, "Hey, Bernie, go get coffee done, or you know, do the dishes or something," and then we'd go, you know. Maybe you ought to try that. And and the God's honest truth here is the fact that, you know, after about five or six ideas that he had just thrown out there that we tried, we went, this guy's really good, right? The songs improved, the, you know, the, you know, you guys, you should dress up like this. So, yeah, and when you're talking to the audience, look this way. And all of a sudden, uh, it made a huge difference. So hmm. uh, that was one of the best things we ever did. I wanted to get the towel. I haven't t- I haven't seen you, buddy, since um, Parliament Hill. Wow, you were there too, oh, yeah. Ted. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah we uh, they just had. Uh, I think they had Danny, Ralph, me, and Paul. I think that was it. And I think we did Sunny Days, and uh, right. and and yeah. and Tal did his uh, hit record that he had at the time. And nice to talk to you, anyway, buddy. Yeah, yeah, nice to chat with you. So, okay, guys. Um, I, I want to bring Tal in on this conversation because Tal has an alter ego that has clashed with me on air on a television show about this very topic, um, and you know um, I don't know what. Okay, I, I, this is going to be awkward, Tal. You're going to hate me after this uh, yeah. more more than you do already. Where have you been, man? Seriously, how does she's so high guy fly off into nowhere? Like, where are you, man? Why are you not filling our airwaves with your talent? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a long story. I mean, it, I mean, I'll make it really quick. It involves, you know, or, uh, you know, to, to me, what were kind of unfathomable record company decisions, uh, management problems, you know, kind of typical stuff. And then I, you know, I put out a. Well, that was kind of most of it. And then, um, I mean, I, to be honest, there was quite a bit of indifference, um, you know, after that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, is it is it hard or is it hard when you come under such a shadow as that as that hit? I mean, dude, that that song was ridiculous. I mean, it was it was an earworm for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think there were maybe two shadows. The one shadow was was Dad in Canada. He, you know, he's obviously you know quite a high status here, not not really so much in the United States. But I think that that. I don't know. I think that maybe has made it easier for people in the Canadian music business, and I, I include journalists and critics and stuff in that too, to to kind of maybe be dismissive. Um, and then I just think that there was this 
you know, presumption in, in the U.S. that, you know, it was just a, a fluke. You know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, to be honest, that like, you know, it, 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 you know, with a few with a few better decisions, you would have had a lot of follow up success. But, you know, that, you know, the record companies got hit with, you know, Napster things. They, everybody went crazy. Uh, they were panicking. They were dropping guys left and right. And plus, I have to say the business model that was reigning in that particular um, record company was was pretty much guaranteed to not build careers. You know, and I, I didn't really get it then. I don't really get it now. But And then, you know, once it was over, it was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it was just presumed to have been a fluke. And so I, I kind of feel like, you know, I, I got a chance at bat, hit a home run, and then it wasn't that I struck out again. It was that I never got another chance at bat. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, I, it was kind of like, well, why won't you let me have another crack at it? And sure. it was like, well, we've moved on. You know, and it's like, yeah. well, So when was the Taylor Swift moment where she dragged you up on stage? A couple of years ago. And where was it again? Uh, Rogers Arena, Vancouver. That was, that was a, a fun night. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, what? How did that go down? By the way, sorry, uh, uh, Bernie Skip. I just I want to hear the story. Well, and then it's I, fine. And, it's good. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I got an email from Taylor and said, "I, uh, you know." Okay. Whoa, I'm, whoa, whoa. Like, hold on. Hold on. You you got to back that up. You can't start a story off with "I got an email from Taylor Swift." Um. Well, I mean, I I had you know a bit of contact with her manager prior to the email. Okay. Okay, so you know the, 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 there was contact information out there, so yeah. it was yeah, it was like it wasn't like she hired FBI agents or anything <laughs> like that, or tried to track uh, me down or anything. She, so uh, there's been a little bit of you know chit chat between Scott Borchetta and me, and then she emailed me and said, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna play in Vancouver. Do you want to come join me on stage? Uh, I love she's so high. It was you know big song for me. So I said yeah. So I went over there. We played the song, and it was it was fun. Pretty nice to have like. 15,000 screaming girls, you know, singing along with you. I know exactly what you mean, man. I know. I know. (laughs) Man, what a moment. What a moment. Folks, uh, on the phone with Skip Prokop, uh, you know him from Lighthouse. Bernie Finkelstein, you know him from Two North Records and Four Bazillion Junos and Bruce Coburn. And you know Tal Backman from that song, She's So High, and of course from the Backman family. As far as uh, musical advice and careers, guys, the last hour of our show for the last year, we have been featuring some of some just fantastic singer-songwriters. They've been performing live on our show. We're about to have another one come in and perform live. You know, I know it kind of sounds like the tiny Talentine question, what advice do you give to up-and-coming artists these days? But I do actually want to know that from you three. Because each of you have very unique and different perspectives on this, and I want the the artists who are coming on my show to stop asking me that question. So we'll go with Skip first. Skip, up and comers, what do you say to them these days, man? Probably, uh, you know, in a nutshell, that it's just hugely difficult. Uh, things have changed so much, um, and you're either in, like, the mega list of, like, uh, you know, like you were talking about uh, uh, Taylor Swift, that level, or there's a whole bunch of other people down below that that kind of are like the, you know, fish floating around in the sea. It's very, very difficult. It, um, I mean, I, I know that may not sound uh, uh, hugely encouraging, but the problem is is that uh, uh, I, I personally... Uh, I believe the industry is uh, is really a BS industry now. It's a corporate industry, 
and it's like, uh, you know, do whatever you can do to get the hit. If they get a hit, great. If they don't, throw them out, find the next uh, flavor, and we'll run with that. And, I mean, I haven't talked to anybody that can tell me that it isn't like that. Hmm. That, you know, hey, we, 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 we really care about our new artists, and we guide them along for three or four years. And, you know, we understand if the CD doesn't happen to do, you know, that well, we will, we will make a few more. No way. Hmm. You're in the door. You're either a success, and the moment you're not, you're gone. And not to mention radio they wear, uh, you know, the crown of BS, too, you know, because they're not playing. They play what they think they should play to sell to their clients. And, Drew, you know I sold radio for 20 years. I know what the hell I'm talking yeah. about. Yep. So I've seen it from both sides of the industry, Yeah. right? And so, you know, I mean, if that sounds to, like uh, bitter uh, wine or whatever you want to say, I, it doesn't bother me whatsoever what people think. I happen to think I'm telling the truth of the situation. It's incredibly hard. All right. Uh, Bernie, your your answer to the same question? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with anything Skip is saying, um, but I think that it's a very broad industry now, so that at the very top end, which is what Skip is largely describing, or maybe only describing, uh, he's exactly right. And, and that's the dominant part of the business um, um, these days. Uh, it was rumored to have, uh, that it was going to disappear uh, entirely because of the digital age. But in fact, it not only did not disappear, it's more dominant than ever. That is, you know, the large mega acts with mega dollars behind them um and uh there's fewer and fewer of them but they're still they're still huge and there's millions and millions of dollars being spent and being made uh but the other side of the coin is is that there is now this other industry you know uh which sort of has this name called you know like independent the independent business I think the cool kids the cool kids call it indie. Yeah, I mean I have a lot of arguments about all of that as well, but uh <laughs> but in the end it's there and uh I don't have any arguments about the fact that it's there. I have some arguments about how it gets described. Yeah. Uh some of that indie stuff is not quite as indie as everybody is led to believe. <laughs> but with that being said, there are other ways home. So talking about advice to the artist is that Skip's absolutely right. I mean, it's really, really tough, and it's always been really, really tough. I think the big difference now is, is that I think there's less opportunity uh, to for people to to really hit it hit it big uh, than there used to be. But with that being said, uh, you know there are lots of different ways to 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 get home, so as to speak, and I think that. The thing that's really important for young up-and-comers is, and it depends on what they've got their eyes set on, but if what they're really interested in is doing something unique and something that really speaks to their own heart, that they should, you know, do it and not really uh, give it up. You know, you've got to, you've got to be very steadfast in your approach to how you go about doing things and. Um, 
I, I, I think that the big difference now is that you, you know, I think when I started off, and I think Skip's going to say the same thing or agree with this, is that it, there were so many different kinds of genres that could make it all at the same time. Yeah. Every, everybody had, uh, was optimistic about the, their ability to somehow get hit. So it didn't really matter whether you did something acoustic like Bruce Coburn or a 13-piece band like Lighthouse or whether you were Ann Murray crooning a ballad, or whether you were Rush doing, you know, what I guess was thought of as metal. I think it all was in the same business, kind of, somehow. And uh, um, I think today there's so many niches uh, that I think what you got to do is find the area you want to be in, uh, follow your heart, and there's still reason for some optimism that, that something good can happen for you. Okay. Uh, now, hey, hey, Drew, I wanted to say something. Yeah. Just very quickly, uh, I don't want to take up Hal's uh, comment uh, time, but, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that uh, you know, I, I should have said, which is, uh, happens to be, in my belief, the truth, too, you don't have a lot of guys around like Bernie. I mean, what Bernie did, Bernie actually was one of those guys who started his record company and really cared about his artists and brought them along and worked with them, had faith, encouraged, et cetera, right? And, and now, of course, he doesn't have that company now. But anyway, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about that doesn't really exist very much anymore. Sorry, right. I don't want to... No, 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 that's good, that's good. Okay, so, uh, Tal... Um, you've just heard, you know, two of the old mm-hmm. guard here. I'm sorry to keep calling you old there, Skip and Bernie, but That's okay. compared to Taliar, um, you've heard two of the old guard talk about this. Uh, you know, I've got these artists coming on, uh, about to have one come in studio right now. Same kind of question. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. And what advice do you give to the young, the young kids these days? Um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, there's so much to say, so I'll try to make this short. Um, th- there's what you can control. And there's what you can't control. Right. So radio programmers, uh, you know, record company guys, uh, you know, all, you know, luck, you know, random chance, you know, you know, Neil Young, you know, meets up. The, you know, I mean, all you look at all these things. There's kind of what you can control, what you can't control. So I just want to talk about what you can control as an aspiring songwriter. You cannot control the luck. I've had good luck and bad luck. What you can control is is your, your content. Um, and yeah. what, your, your, what I mean by that, so where I'm going is, is what I see so often with, with aspiring songwriters and performers is they really like music, they buy a guitar, they learn how to play it, they learn you know a few chords, and then they start to write their songs. And their songs go like this. They start, and then they go on, and then they stop playing. They're <laughs> over. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And we need we need more than that. You we need to be what you need to do as a songwriter is you need to create a powerful shared experience with other people. Whether you're performing or whether that's just through music and you're, somebody's going to hear it on the radio, you need to draw them in. You need to string them along. You need to build up the tension. You need to reward their attention uh, with a big payoff, a big chorus, or a big a big tag at the end of your line. You need to reach out and touch these people and create a powerful shared experience because what, what music is not about, if you're a songwriter or a performer, is you just 
starting your song and playing it and then stopping playing your song or you getting up on stage and playing in front of people. You need to be the kind of master of ceremonies here. And whether you want to make them party or dance or fall in love or lament their breakup or bring them back to high school or show them a vision of the future or write a big humanitarian song, you know, like Lean on Me or whatever, it, it doesn't matter. There's a million different things, but you've got to reach these people. And so to, to conclude... <laughs> And to that conclude, probably in my lecture, you, that requires these these dimwits. You you have to learn your craft. You can't be an artist before you learn to be a craftsman. So Amen. That's you, you true, man. These, you keep meeting these guys, and it's, they've got MySpace pages, Facebook groups. You know, they've got the newsletters. The girlfriends are all working two two you know two jobs to support these goofs that are like sitting around. They don't don't actually learn their craft. They've never listened to a Beatles record. They've never listened, they've never reverse engineered a Nirvana smash or a Soundgarden smash or a Led Zeppelin thing or a Blondie or whatever, wherever they're coming from. Re- reverse engineer these songs. Figure out why they work. Why did they touch you? Why did they touch other people? Why are we still singing along to them 40, 50, 20 years after they came out or five years after they came out? Why? These guys don't do that. They buy a guitar they play and it's really lazy uh, you know I, I don't know what it is but I, I have to say as many dimwits as there are in the actual industry there's just just as many dimwits who expect that, that they're going to be famous they're going to be famous and everybody's going to love their songs and they really have never put in the hard work or the thought to, to actually create anything worthwhile ladies and gentlemen Mr. Tal Backman on the Drew Marshall show Amen to that. Round of applause. Oh, my no, goodness. Okay. Anyway. I could have I mean, got an hour with you three. Holy yeah, jumping. Said, yeah, like, right, like it's hard. Okay, I can't shut up now. But one last thing. <laughs> it's like you, you got to have faith as an artist because as, the, as these two guys, uh, Skip and Bernie, say, it's very, very difficult. Have faith that if you create something amazing that not all of these dimwits that would normally stand in your way and say no to you can say no one at least one guy is going to say wow you know i really hear something if you write let it be you know people can't say no to that yeah yeah that's right all right all right good night you realize you've just cut into our recording artist hour here right that's what we get paid to do drew (laughs) (laughs) listen guys i i actually you know i know i joke around a lot but all three of you have been just so gracious to me over the years and and i've enjoyed our conversations on and off the air and so I respect you enough to ask you that question for all of the artists that are coming on our show and have been our show and, and will be coming on our show. So Tal Backman, uh, Bernie Finkelstein, and Skip Prokop. Guys, wow, that was the fastest 40 minutes I've ever had on my show, and it was actually one of the best. So thank you very much to all three of you. I really, really appreciate that. All right, thanks. Uh, hey, Bernie, yeah, I'll call you, and Tal, yeah, take care. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great pleasure to be on the air with you, Drew, and with uh, Skip and with Paul. Yeah. Speak to, speak to you all later. Okay, right. guys. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Man, that was crazy. Crazy stuff. Short break on our show, and all that stuff they've been talking about, we're going to hear live on the Drew Marshall Show. Emily Reed's in the house. She's brought her axe, brought her voice, brought her talent, I hope. Did you bring that? Miss Moses, there's nothing you can say. It's just old Luke and Luke's waiting on a judgment day. Well, Luke, my friend, what about young Annalise?
said to me, a favor, son, won't you stay and keep an elite company? Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load free. Take a load off, Fanny. You put the load right on me. It's hard to find quality guest speakers these days. If they're interesting, they're usually expensive. And if they're cheap, they're usually boring. Well, here's someone who's both expensive and boring. Drew Marshall is a high school dropout who tried to become a pro football player but didn't make it. He then tried to become a firefighter and didn't make it. Now he's trying to become a stand-up comic. <laughs> Good luck with that, Mr. Marshall. But if you're looking for someone who's unpredictable, incredibly honest, provocative, genuine, then we've got the right guy. Everyone seems to be an expert on something these days. Why not book someone who's an expert on nothing? Except how to be brutally honest about yourself and your faith. To book Drew Marshall as your guest speaker, go to drewmarshall.ca.